into hour number two or flying into hour number two. Wednesday, March 23rd, it is episode number 303 of the Press Box. Mike Grace inside the Breakline Optic Studios with our buddies J.D. Byers in Mobile. Brad Law in the Auburn Sports Network studios with us on this War Eagle Wednesday. And we get a chance to talk some uh, Tiger sports with Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Find him on Twitter at jfergusonau and online at auburnobserver.com. And let's see, basketball is just wrapping up, but uh, we're still baseball. There's softball. Uh, I think what track and field, golf and tennis go this time of year. Uh, gymnastics is still going on. Other than that, there's there's nothing going on, right, Justin? <laughs> yeah, and then there's uh, spring football as well. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's a busy time oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. around here for sure. And uh, yeah, the basketball season finally over after a long run from from the Tigers and under Bruce Pearl. But uh, yeah, there's everything else pretty much in swing right now. Auburn Gymnastics is uh, hosting. Yeah, uh, huge, huge uh, uh, coming up here for, for Auburn. And, you know, gymnastics have been on such a high pedestal this season. Uh, of course, with SUNY Lee, but uh, that whole team just, I mean, uh, even other freshmen on the team, it's just came in. They, they've gotten to another level. They've been breaking le- records left and right for the program this year. And so a uh, pretty good year to, to be hosting uh, hosting an NCAA regional. And uh, it's going to be a lot of great gymnastics here coming up. And Auburn's got a good shot to uh, make it to the uh, make it to the final meet of the season. Darian Goborn, so good. When Sunni's not even your final performer on floor, you you know you've got somebody special wow. there. Um, let's, uh, Justin, we'll, we'll get into some football talk here in a bit. I want to try to put a bow uh, around the, the the basketball season. This is without a doubt the kind of year that the further away you get from the ending of the season, the more you you kind of start to accept. All right, every team except one ends the season with a loss. And this was a ridiculously remarkable season for, for Auburn basketball. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I think you can look at it at the end of the day and, and the only season that compares to it for Auburn is, is 1999. I mean, this is, you had an outright sec title and one of the toughest years for the league internally. I know the league did not do a really good job uh, in the tournament, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where I'm not going to sit here and let just a handful of, uh, tournament games define how good a league was for an entire season. Um, you know, you, you had two All-Americans. You had a guy who, and Jabari Smith, who has a real shot at being number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, you were undefeated at home. Um, you had some really, really memorable. It swept Alabama, swept Georgia, uh, you know, beat Kentucky in a really big one at home. So, like, there, there's a lot of really, really good moments that happened. The ending was just so rough for Auburn and so weird in how it happened that I think there's going to be a lot of frustration and disappointment. I think from a lot of people, it's going to take a little while to get over. And, uh, you know, that's, that's completely understandable, but I mean, yeah, I think you're looking at, um, at least the second best season in Auburn men's basketball history. And they're going to raise a banner for it. And it's going to be something that you remember for a really, really long time. And so, um, yeah, fantastic year for Auburn basketball. I know a lot of, a lot of folks are going to be, uh, like I said, a little frustrated, disappointed with, with the way it ended, but, um, I think as time goes on, you, you're going to be able to look back and say, man, this was a special team that did some really special things. Am, am I being too dramatic? And maybe I am because I sometimes blur the line between, you know, fan and, and person who, who follows and covers the, the team. But is it too dramatic to talk about maybe the biggest impact, not even being an on, on the court result, but, you know, with the formation of of Jungle City and people starting to camp out overnight and, and reaching number one, 
that this is that, that this could potentially be kind of a transformational year for the program that raises not the ceiling. They've been to a final four, but but that maybe raises the floor for, for this, mm-hmm. this program. And, and and the starting point, the baseline for Auburn basketball is is now higher. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a perfect way to put it. Um, this is a this is a year where you can say that that Auburn basketball entered a new chapter of kind of the Pearl era. They're no longer, you know, the team that's kind of fighting as an underdog. Um, they got to the pinnacle uh, and, and they, you know, with another SEC title, um, you know, they've won three trophies in the last five seasons. There's not very many SEC teams that have done that. There's and they've got the best record in the league uh, over the last few years when you combine it. And, and you know, that, that includes a, a disappointing year last season uh, for a number of reasons uh, that, that, you know, the record just wasn't great. So, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, this is the kind of year I was talking about this uh, the other day with some people, but, you know, what you do in the regular season, I mean, an 18 game grind. That's what builds you up as a program. It's what people, you know, I mean, most of, you know, it it takes six games to win an NCAA tournament. It takes being the best out of 18 to win an SEC title. Um, So when you talk about longevity and consistency as a program, what you do in the regular season matters more when you're trying to build something that lasts for a while. Anybody can get hot uh, in NCAA tournament time. Um, And then that's definitely important. And that's definitely something that, that everybody, uh, thinks about and measures when they look at college basketball. But, you know, you're in a position now if you're Auburn that you're starting to expect, okay, year in and year out, it's a team that can get a double bye in, in the SEC tournament. This is a team that can compete for an SEC championship year in and year out. And that's where you want to be. Um, you know, the Final Four season was awesome for Auburn. If, if they could have gone on a run here, I think it would have made the season that much sweeter, obviously. But, um, you know, Auburn's in a position to, um, bring in more talent to this team in a roster that, that could bring back a lot next season and, uh, you know, be one of the big players in the transfer portal after what they did this, this past year, not because of the final four run, not because they got hot in, in one tournament, but it's things like being undefeated and at home for a whole season and, and winning an outright SEC championship. That's what builds up a program. And that's what raises the floor, like you said. And uh, so, yeah, I think this, this could end up being a transformational year for Auburn basketball, entering a new era where you don't expect a title every year, but you really, really think that Auburn basketball is going to be a team that's going to be one of the best in the SEC year in and year out. Justin Ferguson, the Auburn Observer. It's uh, it's JD down in Mobile, and to kind of elaborate, Brad's question took you down a good path there, and you're talking about it being formational, hanging banners, undefeated at home, and what it means as far as a transfer portal, but with the recent NBA success. Now, in, in, in football, a recruit's looking around and he's a four or a five-star. In football, there's so many positions and the depth chart is so deep. So there's a lot of opportunities once you get to that campus, if you are the best, to become the starter and get the looks and then go on to the NFL. Rosters are so much smaller, fewer positions mm-hmm. in basketball. Duke and Kentucky can say no to high prospects. Auburn very quickly getting there, but when you got a Chuma Okiki now with the Magic, you got Okoro with Cleveland, you got Jabari Smith's probably going to be a number one pick, you know, a pathway through a certain college to know that's how you get to the NBA, that's where the talent is, that's where you're going to get 
programmed. It's where, where you're going to get coached up. It's where you're going to get developed as a player by Bruce Pearl. Man, that's really going to start landing the big guys. And, and, and when you're in high school, those kids are going to be thinking about Auburn, Alabama. Oh, for sure. And I think one of the things that Auburn has done a really good job of is you mentioned Chuma Okiki and Isaac Okoro. These guys were, you know, Chuma, he doesn't tear his ACL. He's probably, he's probably a lottery pick. He was just one spot away from, from being one. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Okoro, top five pick. Neither of those guys are five stars coming out of high school. Um, Jabari Smith, potentially a number one player in this class, um, wasn't, you know, a consensus top three, top four guy coming out of high school. Um, Walker Kessler was a thir- the third big man at, at North Carolina. And we can talk about, you know, whether that was a smart idea or not. But this year, potentially the defensive player that you're in college basketball, potentially a guy who could be a first rounder. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him go on uh, after this year. I mean, Bruce Pearl not only is bringing in talent, but he's making him better and his staff is making him better. And so, you know, you can show it as a way it's like, hey, you don't have to go to a Duke or a Kentucky or a can you don't have to go to a super team of freshmen to get this opportunity. Like Auburn's got a great track record where they can point to it and say, look, these dudes who came in weren't necessarily the guy, but they got better when they were here in a short amount of time. Um, and they are going to be in the mix for that moving forward. And, and you know, the 2022 class for Auburn was a smaller group right now, but um, with some situations that have happened across college basketball, namely at LSU, um, you've got guys that are, you know, along with the transfer portal, you've got some 2022 big-name freshmen that still haven't landed their ultimate spot yet. And I think Auburn is going to be heavily in the mix for those guys because they can say, look at what we just did with Jabari Smith. Look at what we are doing with Walker Kessler. Look at what we've done with X, Y, and Z. You could be next. And that's just how you continue to raise the level of talent in the program because um, it it starts with guys like the Okoros and the Okikis and even a guy like, you know, Jared Harper um, or Bryce Brown who – we didn't have the size necessarily to be like first round types of talents, but those were guys who were kind of overlooked who ended up becoming professional basketball players with you. Justin Ferguson, Auburn observer, uh, our guest here inside the press box, Justin, let's talk football as, as a journalist, as one who covers the team, how much do you get out of, of what you see in spring practice? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great time for background, really. Um, you know, spring practice is a, a good way to kind of just start building up, um, you know, building up what you, what you think you might see later on. It's not, you know, it, there's so much stuff going on right now in terms of guys being at practice, guys not at practice, guys, you know, um, you know working through injuries or, you know, over you know, coming back from surgeries or something, stuff like that. Um, and then not everybody's here. You know, you, you've got guys who are going to come in over the summer. Auburn's going to probably try to add more transfers. So you don't have a complete picture yet, mm-hmm. but you start kind of seeing some of the building blocks. This is the time of year where you look and say, if you're looking for people to break out in the fall, this is where you look at it. If you're looking to kind of figure out, okay, what positions, what position groups could be the strength of the team, which could be kind of the surprises, which could be the things they have to work on. You start figuring a lot of that stuff out. So, I think there's a lot of people who can kind of get tied up in the details, like who's a practice, who's it not, who's not, what did this line look like, or what did this rotation look like um, for a certain drill. And it's just, we get a small glimpse of it. This is just the beginning, but you know, you do get value out of it because it is a, it is a time to kind of give you the foundation of what you're going to be talking about for the next uh, few months. So um, 
you know, it's it, it's a balance you got to hit. But I, I do I do enjoy spring practice because I like kind of getting that early glimpse um, because, you know, once you get into the fall and you look back to the spring, uh, you can kind of look with the benefit of hindsight and see, OK, well, this guy or this position, you know, we could have seen this coming maybe a little bit. So it's, you know, the spring's all about trying to find those storylines and those things that are going to carry us through into the summer, into the fall. Which new assistant coach has maybe the biggest opportunity to develop his group and to, to show off his group a little bit in the most impressive way on a day here in a couple of weeks? Yeah, no, I, uh, I think, uh, the big one, uh, for me this year is going to be, you know, Jimmy Brumbaugh, I mean, that defensive line for Auburn brought back a good amount of talent. And, um, you know, this is a group that's got some young guys that, that are, that they're, they're trying to build up. But, you know, when you bring back, uh, guys like Colby Wooden and you, uh, add, you know, add pieces like Jeffrey Embaugh and, uh, Jason Jones and, um, you know, there, there's just a number of guys that have, that have said Marcus Harris, I think is a guy who can be, who could have an even bigger impact for Auburn this upcoming season, a defensive line. They're continuing to try to develop, develop that depth, but I thought Nick Eason did such a fantastic job in year one and his only season with, with Auburn before he went back to his alma mater at Clemson, uh, of, um, developing, getting really good play out of these guys and then, you know, turning them, you know, it, you're turning in a really good, uh, uh, you know, recruiting effort. And I expect Marmol to kind of be the same kind of guy. Him being an Auburn guy is, is big. You know, you look at the other assistants, um, you know, you don't really have a clear picture yet of the full depth and, you know, who's all going to be out there with linebackers and edge guys. And, and you know, I think wide receiver is another one that's a lot of people are going to be interested in. I kill here, but that's just a thin group right now that needs some reinforcement. So, um, you know, I don't think they're going to put on the best show at a day, but that defensive line, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the strengths of the team. And so I think Brumball steps into a really good situation here. And you just have expected really for the last decade for Auburn to have an awesome defensive line. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, they're in a good position to kind of keep that tradition going this year. Uh, Justin, how much softball ha- have you been able to see? I-, I know that there's a lot going on this time of year, yeah. and so many sports are happening at yeah. once. They're five, they're five and one in the SEC right now, and that's the best record in the league through two weekends. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. You know, I I, I cover just you know at the website just football, men's basketball, but I, I try to keep up with with everything that's going on. And I think there's been some sports this year for Auburn that even though I don't cover, I just I find. Um, every time they're on TV or if you're keeping up with them, you know, on the social media or, you know, we, we get, we get kind of the press releases all the time. So you can kind of get a good grasp or anything. And I thought, I thought the women's basketball team this year, some of the big wins they have was like that, obviously gymnastics. And right now softball is kind of taking that for me. I think there's a lot to like about Auburn baseball as well, but man, softball, they have done a really, really good job. And I think Mickey Dean, um, you know, deserves a lot of credit uh, for, you know, kind of kind of doing the things his way. And it was it was tougher early on. But, you know, he's got a young team that we knew their pitching was always going to be strong. I mean, that's that's kind of been his M.O. Uh, his entire career. Uh, but they've got a young they got some young talent. They can just flat out hit the ball. And uh, they they jumped on teams early this season. And I think a lot of people were looking around saying, OK, well, you know, can they do that when the competition steps up? Well, the competition stepped up, and they're still not going to cover off the ball. Um, and 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 another team that 
um, has the flair for the dramatic with the walk-off wins that they've had here recently. So they're a whole lot of fun to watch. I think that core, especially in the field, is pretty young. Um, you know, SEC softball is insane every year. Every team's basically going to make the tournament, and um, you know, it's it's where the best to the best play. Um, but man, this is a really really good spot to be in if you're Auburn softball. And so uh, they're, they're going to be a whole lot of fun to watch here moving forward. I'm really, really interested to see what they do in the heart of SEC play once they get into the postseason. No doubt. Great stuff as always. Justin Ferguson, the Auburn Observer. Uh, remind everybody again how they can get access to your content and everything that they are getting for, uh, uh, for what they're paying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Auburn Observer is a newsletter I do. Uh, several days a week, and it comes with a podcast as well um, inside Auburn football and men's basketball. We do a lot of kind of deep dives into X's and O's, strategy, roster management. Today, uh, this newsletter is a lot about Auburn basketball and what their roster could look like next season um, with what should be a really fun offseason ahead for Bruce Pearl and his team. Um, so just go to auburnobserver.com. You can sign up there. Uh, it's $6 a month or $60 a year uh, to get a full subscription. Or you could get a free trial. Uh, we have an op- that option on the site uh, for seven days. You can check us out there. And everything we do gets sent straight to your email inbox. And like I said, it comes with a podcast as well. Uh, we do two a week for our subscribers, but there's a free one that we do every weekend uh, that you can check out wherever you listen to your podcast. There you go. Writing and write, uh, podcasting about Auburn football and basketball at AuburnObserver.com. You can find him on Twitter. It's at AU. Justin, always enjoy your time with us. Appreciate it. And uh, have a good one. We'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Y'all have a good one. You got Justin Ferguson again, the Auburn Observer. Want to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page online at pressboxradio.com or find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at pressboxradio1. That's pressboxradio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the press box.